Lord be with you. And also with you. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the Beloved, we welcome you to this service of ordered worship on this, the first Sunday of Advent, our Bach Cantata Sunday. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your self-selection of forms of ministry in our midst, your response by letter or email, and as the Spirit moves this December, your presence with us in worship come Sunday. Especially this day, we celebrate that mixture of divine revelation and worldly wisdom that makes of culture the body of religion and religion the heart of culture. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
may we pray. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, now in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A lesson from St. Paul's first epistle to the Thessalonians, chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel before our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you face to face and restore whatever is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. The word of the Lord. Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 25, 1 through 10, with the antiphon. I lift up my soul. O oh my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O oh Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. Let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel.
Chapter 21, verses 25 through 36. Glory to you, O Lord. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. <clears throat> Please be seated. The sermon for today is lifted up and out of our own experience and indeed today our Bach experience. In worship and life at Marsh Chapel, we engage all of the newest forms of communication. See, for instance, our website. But we desire to do so with a cloud of witnesses, with the wisdom of the ages, with the faith once delivered to the saints, with words, songs, prayers that last through the ages. The high Gothic nave here is meant to affirm what lasts. The beautiful windows here are meant to enshrine what lasts. The historic enchanting liturgy of the service is meant to spell out what lasts. The deliberate preparation and pacing of the sermon are meant to announce what lasts. We have 4,000 Sundays in a lifetime, 4,000 moments in word and music to experience God. We dare not waste one or one minute of any of these in pandering entertainment, minimizing, or doodling. In this 59-minute poem each week of worship, the 16 musical moments and 11 spoken moments are offered in the praise and love of God. That is, come Advent, remember your mortality, remember your fragility, remember your imperfection, remember who you are, and so remember that you happily are a child of the living God. John Wesley chiseled in stone above our Marsh Chapel portico, 
taught Greek, evangelized Native Americans, rose daily at 4 a.m. to preach at 6 a.m. and throughout the day, changed the course of English and American history, and founded Methodism, which itself gave birth to Boston University in 1839. He claimed to be a man of one book, Homo Unius Libri. For all this, we do rightly honor him. In fact, we cherish him. In fact, we revere him. But truth to tell, it is not so much John, it is his brother Charles, the musician, the hymnist whom we love, especially as we come toward the caroling hour in a few weeks. Martin Luther, enshrined in stained glass near and far, splintered the church on the anvil of truth and recalled us to salvation by faith alone. He withstood physical ailments, mental trials, political clashes, and religious hatreds. He founded a movement that became the Lutheran Church and gave us the Protestant principle of the necessary, rigorous self-criticism of all religion. The necessary, rigorous self-criticism of real religion. We honor him. We cherish him, as we did Wesley. We revere him. But truth to tell, it is his musical great-grandchild, J.S. Bach, whom we love, especially as we ready ourselves this morning to hear a beautiful cantata. That is, we need both the words and the music, but music lasts even when words fail. That tune you heard on the radio that took you 40 years back in time, that hymn whose melody was lifted in a high or hard moment, say a wedding or a funeral, that new experience, as Bach is for many young adults and others today, that took you by the hand and led you out into the ineffable, the serene, the beautiful, the heavenly, the high, and the holy. One of you may have found yourself Thursday afternoon listening during the memorial service for Dr. John R. Silber to the beauty, the beauty of Brahms. We need both words and music. But the music sometimes finds an opening in the heart, a little crevice into which to maneuver, which would be too small and too angular for the word alone. One of you said it was a memorable musical moment. I come mainly to church to sing the hymns. At least that's what I think you said. Our words and music today are folded around several Advent themes expectant themes. The themes therein include expectation and prophecy and the coming reign of God, times and seasons, and as we heard in the gospel, the emerging recognition of Jesus as the Messiah, all good Advent fear, fair, all good Advent joy. Expectation puts us on his shoulder when experience lays us low. Our undergraduates teach us this, for even when they are brought down by one or another standard young adult trial, and as hard as they fall, we notice with pride they just as strongly get right back up, they dust off, they come to church, they live to fight another day and to write a paper another day. Prophecy has kept the darker ranges of apocalyptic and Gnostic fears at bay, or at least has kept them company in the 66 books of the Bible. The prophets week by week have been singing you a song your mother taught you as well. Where there is hope, there is life. Jesus means more to us now than when we first believed. 
in that evolution, we have company in the ancient writings and the saints of the primitive church. We become more aware day by day as we grow that we are in good hands. We are in good hands, and so it well behooves us to bear one another's burdens. So, Dr. Jarrett, this season of Advent surrounds us with expectation and prophecy and trust. And in a wee moment, we will hear this Advent joy, this Bach cantata, this gospel not only spoken but sung. Is that not so? It is so, Dean Hill. Today's cantata is absolutely one of joyful expectation in the spirit of our gospel lesson today found in the book of Luke. One of the happiest cantatas I know of, Cantata 140, depicts the Christian soul as a bride awaiting her promised bridegroom, that is, Christ Jesus. Drawing on imagery from the Gospel of Matthew with text from the Song of Solomon, Bach sets the stage for a beautiful wedding feast. The three verses of Philip Nikolai's famous chorale punctuate the cantata and establish a structure. There are three soloists you will hear, the tenor in the typical role of an evangelist or a narrator, the soprano is the voice of the bride, or the voice of the church, or the soul of the Christian. The baritone is the voice of the bridegroom himself, Christ Jesus. From the start, the festive nature is apparent with the French overture-styled rhythms and the strings. These are echoed by the oboes. One of the best examples of this cantata style, the chorale tune, is set in the soprano part in long tones, doubled by a French horn. You can't possibly miss it. The chorale tune appears again in the central movement. This time, it's sung by the tenors of the choir, all in unison. You'll recognize this material likely as something you've heard from the organ before. In 1748, some years later, Bach adapted this same movement for the organ, and it's published in his set of chorale preludes called the Schubler Chorales. Nikolai, uh, Nikolai's third verse concludes the cantata in the familiar four-part setting as found in your red United Methodist hymnal. You can follow it, number 720, if you'd like. Between these bright movements, these three verses of Nikolai's chorale, Bach unfolds the drama of the woman awaiting the bridegroom. As it says in the Gospel of Bach's day, it's from the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 25. It's the, uh, the lesson of the ten virgins. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man cometh. The tenor evangelist calls to the daughter of Zion, Macht euch bereit, er kommt, er kommt. Make yourself ready, he comes, he comes. The first of the two love duets follows. Listen for the deeply expressive violin solo played today by Heidi Braun Hill. This violin solo as the longing of the woman as she awaits for her bridegroom, and in the background, the calming voice of the baritone assuring her that he is indeed coming. After the familiar second verse of the Nikolai Chorale sung by the tenors, the groom arrives at the altar to profess his vows. These words of Christ are accompanied by strings, an aural halo familiar from the same practice used in the St. Matthew Passion. These words from Christ offer comfort and assurance, and even at the end, the promise of a wedding kiss. Perhaps the most famous of all Bach's duets, Mein Freund ist mein, is completely delightful from the start. 
with obbligato oboe, parallel thirds and sixths, the frolicsome interplay of melismas, this is one of the best love duets in the entire repertoire. Having exchanged vows and professing of love, we are all then invited to join the heavenly couple in the heavenly banquet in Nikolai's final verse of the choral tune, Wachet auf Stimme. The longing, the uncertainty, and all the expectation are certainly present in this cantata. But the focus here is much more on the joyful moment when Christ comes to redeem the world as bridegroom to, to the church, his bride. Watch, pray, pray and watch. Trim your lamps, he's coming, he is come. Scott, dear friend, Scott, talented, dear friend, we are waiting. This is Advent, and we are waiting for one fine day, one morning hour when stars begin to fall, and you can't quite tell the difference that one day between Christ and culture, that all of the culture around will be the body of religion, and the heart of that culture will be religion itself. That is, you might not be able to tell exactly whether you are come Saturday at Symphony Hall hearing Comfort Ye My People with seven, eight, or nine of our Marsh musicians, or come Sunday in the nave of Marsh Chapel for the most joyful of Bach cantatas. One getting up morning, we're waiting the blending, the fulfillment of both, and this first day of Advent, we feel so close at hand the presence of God. Beloved, may the rigors of Advent continue to prod and challenge us. May this not be an easy Advent. May this season unfold with moments in which we are brought up short, put on notice, called to account, and changed. You are people of faith, so that you are also people of expectation. You do not drop your chin at the first mention of bad news. You do not fold your tents at the first sign of giants in the land. You stand your ground singing the music of expectation. You are a people of faith, so you are also a people of prophecy. You do not lie down and weep, only awaiting an unknown and unseen future. You accept the unforeseen as part of the future, and you take up arms against a sea of troubles, hoping to end them. You let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. You live with your eyes singing the music of your heart, the music of prophecy. And you are a people of faith so that you also are a people of trust. You know that for anything to get done, trust is the coin of the realm. You've learned in your own experience that a good future requires us not only to work hard, but also to work together. So Dietrich Bonhoeffer, we close with his words of adoration of music. He wrote, Tolstoy once said that the Tsar would have to forbid Beethoven to be played by good musicians, for he would excite the passions of the people too deeply and put them in danger. Luther, by contrast, often said that next to the word of God, music is the best thing that humans be human beings have. The two had different things in mind. Tolstoy, music to honor people. Luther, music to honor God. And regarding music, Luther knew that it has dried an infinite number of tears, 
made the sad happy, stilled desires, raised up the defeated, strengthened the challenge, challenged, and that it has also moved many a stubborn heart to tears and driven many a great sinner to repentance before the goodness of God. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. The emphasis is on the word new. What is this song if not the song that makes people new? The song that brings people out of darkness and worry and fear to new hope, new faith, new trust. The new song is the song that God himself awakens in us anew, even if it is an ancient song. The God who, as it says in Job, gives us songs in the night.
Bräutigam kommt. Ihr trüchtet sie und kommt heraus. Sein Ausgang eilet aus der Höhe in euer Mutterhaus. Der Bräutigam kommt, ihr einem Reh und jungen Hirsche gleich, auf denen Hügen springt und euch das Mahl der Hochzeit
Bach gave us God's word, Mozart gave us God's laughter, and Beethoven gave us God's fire, and God gave us music that we might pray without words. Please join me in thanking Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett, the Marsh Chapel Choir and Collegium for leading us in prayer this morning.
The peace of the Lord be always with you. We greet you once again here in the nave of Marsh Chapel and invite you to help us get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew. We strongly encourage you after the service today to join us downstairs for our monthly potluck luncheon, and we particularly are uh, encouraging children and families to join us for our annual children's holiday gathering in the Marsh Room downstairs. We would note this week that at the end of the week on Friday, December 7th at 6 p.m. here in the nave of Marsh Chapel, we will be having our annual service of lessons and carols. We hope you can join us for that. Uh, in connection with that, we would, are very pleased this week to announce that the Marsh Chapel Choir is releasing a CD uh, of carols from Marsh Chapel. And uh, it's a compilation of recordings from the past five years of Lessons and Carols. Uh, you can obtain a copy for $10, uh, uh, or if you buy 10, you get one free. Um, and you may uh, obtain one from Miss Rachel Cape, our Director of Hospitality, downstairs following the service, or by contacting the chapel office throughout the week. Uh, this coming Sunday, we note that in the afternoon is our blue Christmas service for those who are finding uh, it a, uh, that the holiday season is not always uh, all the joy it's, uh, we like to make it out to be. Uh, for many of us, it, it can bring up some difficult emotions, and for uh, those of you who may be experiencing that, we invite you to join us for blue Christmas. You will note in your bulletin this week a stewardship card. We are, uh, as we are in the season of Advent, we do invite you to consider uh, your end of year giving, and you may uh, be considering Marsh Chapel as a place uh, that touches you musically, homiletically, spiritually, spiritually, liturgically, and a gift anywhere from $40 to $4 million is greatly appreciated. <laughs> now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
for the work before us, for the life within us, for the fellowship among us, for thy love that surrounds us, we give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. Amen. Thou in whose light we see light, illumine our path, we pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> 